In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So if you can read the notes in the worship folder, you're reminded that Maundy, in the name Maundy Thursday, is Latin for commandment. Uh -huh. The commandment that says, uh, you should love one another as I have loved you. And that's a lovely commandment. And as we learned on Wednesday night, there are several other commandments that we have been bound to over time. And there's another one that pops its head up sometimes on Monday, Thursday. And that is when we recall that Jesus was with his disciples. Uh, he said, do this in remembrance of me. So gathering around the altar, loving one another. These are some of the many commandments that we have from God. So the question is, why commandments? Why not helpful suggestions that we can use or adapt or ignore as we see fit? And I hope you already know the answer. The answer is that God loves us so much. God wants the best for us. And God knows that this is the best way to shape us and form us into the people that we were created by God to be and called in baptism to be. We don't wait until we're good enough or holy enough to begin living the lives that God has called us to. Rather, we try with the power of the Holy Spirit to live as our Lord has called us, to keep the commands of God. And we find in the process that our lives are transformed into the likeness of Christ. So tonight we come before the altar, we receive the bread and wine, trusting and believing that they are indeed Christ's body and blood given and shed for us, that we may know the forgiveness of sin and receive strength for our life in faith. We come as commanded, and we kneel in our hearts, and we receive. We proclaim not just that Christ has died, but that Christ is risen, that his living presence is with us in this sacrament, and that he will come again. Now, here's another big question. Do we always feel something when we approach the altar or communion? Uh, that was a big issue I had as a kid, just about ready to be confirmed. And back in my childhood days, your confirmation was your first communion. And I was terrified because as I was in church and watching this whole parade of people 
go up for communion once a month. I thought that they looked pretty plain, that they weren't somehow moved by the presence of God and changed before my very eyes. And I wondered if I would feel anything or if I would be just another one in the parade of people that would come forward to receive communion and not feel a thing. But over the years, I have learned that it's not about feelings. It's about doing what our Lord instructed, to get past the tyranny of feelings, really allowing what we feel to dictate what we do or don't do. That's the tyranny of feelings. And instead, to live in the reality of God's promises. We keep showing up. We keep receiving the bread and the wine, Christ's body and blood, trusting that Jesus is present, trusting that his promises contained within this holy meal are true, and that perhaps some days even daring Jesus uh, to, to help us live beyond what we can even imagine our lives would be like without him. Even as we face questions and doubts and despair, because Jesus said he would be there for us and with us. So then there's this other commandment to love one another as he loved and still loves us. And again, this isn't about what we feel, but it's rather about doing what our Lord commanded us to do. Because we might not feel very loving. No doubt, even the most caring and kind-hearted person that we might know probably has days when they don't feel much like loving. But again, it's not about the feeling, but doing what our Lord has commanded us to do. Love isn't about what you necessarily feel for someone, but what you do for them. Thus, in our Lord's command to live this way, regardless of how we feel, we are transformed by God's gracious presence into the very loving people that God knows we are and wants us to be. As we live the lives that he has called us to by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the people that Jesus has called us to be. The key here is the order of this love. So we love because Jesus loves us. His love for us is before anything else. And it's only because he loves us, because we know and experience his mercy and grace that we have the capacity to turn around and love others. The love we receive from Jesus is the source of the love that we then share with others. So what might this look like? 
Well, try saying a quick prayer, a quiet prayer, for everyone that you see. And here's the quick and quiet prayer. God bless you and keep you. Say it for everyone that you come in contact with, your family, your friends, strangers on the street, people standing in line with you at the grocery store or at the coffee shop, no matter what they look like or how they're acting, say this prayer. Ask God's blessing for them, knowing that as God loves them, regardless of how they're dressed or how they're acting, so too we have been called to love them. Simple, quiet prayer. God bless you and keep you. We can extend that a little further when you're on Facebook or Twitter or some other social media site and you're looking at all these posts that come up, some you like, some you don't like, some annoy you to no end, say a little prayer for the one who has posted, especially for the ones who post things that you find upsetting, aggravating, or just plain wrong. God bless you and keep you. It seems like a very small and insignificant thing, but we have to start somewhere, don't we? This action of prayer is the seed from which other acts of Christ-inspired love can grow. Eating a small piece of bread, drinking a small sip of wine seems rather unimportant and too little to accomplish much. But this is our Lord's command and the means through which he gives us life and forgiveness and salvation and his very self to us. In the same way, a prayer for all of you might seem significant, but it's something small and it's something that works. It's something that we might begin to see changing ourselves and the people around us. It might be something that helps us act a little differently toward so many other people in the world. And it might even help us to love them. When you start praying for the people that cause you the most difficulty in life, I can guarantee that it's difficult to harbor hate or disdain for them when you pray for them. And we do this not because it makes us feel good, but because it's our Lord's command, trusting that it was given to us in love so that we could love. And that's why we do this. And in the process, the Spirit works to transform us into the likeness of the one who created us and the one who calls us together in baptism. 
we become what we do. As we live in Jesus' commandments and promises of love, we find ourselves not only being transformed by Christ's love, but we find that we are being used by him to transform the world around us so that all might know the grace and mercy of Jesus like we do. Amen.